my lovelies, and welcome back to another late episode of Listen Closely. See what I did there? My name is Bobby, and I am your host. And yes, I am extremely late on this podcast. So, as we all know, because of this pandemic and just everything going on, my normal 9 to 5, I guess you would say, it has been hectic and crazy, and we've been very short-staffed, as many places are. So I've been having to work a whole bunch of overtime trying to cover shifts and get things accomplished. So it has left me completely like physically and mentally exhausted to where I just go home. I barely eat and I just go to bed to get ready for the next day. So because of that, I have been slacking on my recording and editing. And unfortunately, y'all have to suffer. And I'm so sorry about that. But we're going to try and knock out some episodes fast and in a hurry just in case. And hopefully, you know, things will start getting back to normal where I can start doing this a little bit better and being better about it because this is just bad. I am way behind on my recording and I apologize for that. But I do thank y'all for tuning in every week and for continuing to support me. It truly means a lot to me. And, you know, if I am ever late or, you know, something's happening, I will try my best to post it on my Facebooks or on Instagrams. So if you're not following that, you should. So that way you can understand, hey, this episode might be late, or hey, we might have a bonus episode coming up, or, you know, I'll just give all kinds of information. So if you'd like to follow those and you're not already, you can visit at HTT Listen Closely. Uh, that's my tag. And, you know, you can learn more about what's going on. I also do some behind the scenes. I also post extra things if my stories and tales and true crimes and anything have any extra photos or anything. I will post those on those. So it's it's definitely good to follow those so you can get more information on what I'm covering as well as any kind of announcements that I may be doing or events or, hey, I'm just late because my work kind of sucks right now. Speaking of it kind of sucking, I have been bad about getting what I said I was going to get together. I said I would do the historical people of Southeast Texas and I would be starting it this month. I do have some ready, but I've just been so exhausted I haven't been posting them. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'm going to be trying to start getting that together. I do have some already ready. I just haven't made any posts or done anything. The ghosted series that I was going to start... I have gotten nothing from anybody, so it's kind of hard to to get that going unless y'all want to just keep hearing me and John's ghost stories. But we've basically told you the good ones from that very first season of Listen Closely, so there's not too much more that I can say. There is, I believe, one more that I did not say that I could probably spin into a ghost story. But yeah, if you have ghost stories and you want to share them anonymously, that means your identity will not be known other than myself because I will be receiving your information. You can either message my pages or you can go to your email and email me at httlistenclosely at gmail.com. Send me those ghost stories or send me anything that you think I would be interested in. It doesn't have to be just those ghost stories. If you want me to cover a certain true crime or if you want me to cover a certain strange happening, send them my way. I would love to look into anything that y'all sent me. I have gotten a few messages uh, last year on some places and I am still working on those. Um, It's kind of hard to find some information on certain places, but the stuff I have found, I have shared with them, even if it wasn't very much. And I'm actually basing some of my historical people posts on the findings that I found within that. So it's definitely cool. And you know, don't think that just because you sent me something and I found nothing means I'm not going to ever talk about it. I will talk about it in some form. 
But now that we've got all the nitty gritty, all that out the way, let's jump into what we are talking about this episode this week. We are actually talking about some paranormal happenings this week. So we are actually going to be talking about the man who discovered Port Arthur. So Arthur Edward Stilwell was born October 21st, 1859 in Rochester, New York. In his younger years, he did sell insurance and then did some real estate work. But then he began to conceive of a railroad connecting Kansas City to the Gulf of Mexico. So he actually founded the Kansas City Southern Railroad. And of course, later he did found the city of Port Arthur. Now, the founder, Arthur Stilwell, relied more on his intuitions when making decisions. And in fact, he was a believer of the supernatural. And he stated all of his life, even when a child, he received messages from the spirit world and they have greatly influenced his life and his business making decisions. In fact, in all, Arthur organized about 41 different companies of various kinds during his career. He is also credited with building more than 2,300 miles worth of railroad in his lifetime and founded more than 40 cities. So he was doing something right and these supernatural beings were telling him some pretty good stuff. Now, we know about this because he would later publish many books after his retirement and he would talk about these beings also known as brownies or that's what he would call them and they were kind of like fairy whispering supernatural spirits that he would base his many life and business decisions on. Now later on in 1927 he would call it more hunches instead of the more supernatural he just said it was a hunch but let me Break it down on a little bit of what these hunches or brownies would tell him. So it all started at around the age of four when he would tell his mother which relatives would be visiting them days before the person would actually arrive. And that might not seem like a big deal, but you got to remember this is way back in the 1800s where they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have any way of really contacting each other other than mail. And the mail would probably get there after you showed up. So for him to be saying this, it's kind of like like he knew some stuff. And this was actually a bigger deal than what it sounds like nowadays. Because nowadays, I mean, we have locations on our phone where you can just go and Snapchat and find out, hey, so-and-so is over here. At the age of 14, he pointed out his future bride and told his mother that he would marry that stranger in five years. And later on, on June 10th, 1879, he married Jeannie Wood. Now, all these might sound like, you know, almost like kitty parlor tricks, but this is where it starts to get a little bit more interesting. Stillwell said he had planned to buy the Houston East and West Texas Railroad, which ran from Shreveport, Louisiana to Houston, but his brownies told him not to. Uh, They warned him not to make Galveston the terminal of the Kansas City Southern Railroad because that city was destined to be destroyed by a tidal wave. So five years later, he did establish the city of Port Arthur and Galveston was destroyed by a catastrophic hurricane. And I've mentioned it plenty of times in this series before. You already know which one it is. We're talking about the great storm of the 1900s, which, as we know, killed between 
6,000 to 8,000 people. We still don't know that number. I have covered it time and time again. I mean, everything seems to, like, like it revolves around it. So that's kind of a good tip that his brownies gave him that seemed a little bit more like, okay, you might know something. Because, again, back in that day, they did not have the weather equipment that they had. Only one guy said that that hurricane was going to be a bad one and it was going to destroy Galveston, and nobody believed him. So this is something like, all right, it's starting to be a little something. But before the storm, Stillwell said his spirits or brownies told him to end the railroad project at Lake Sabine and build the terminal at the site of the present day Port Arthur. So he followed that directions and he was saved. He was spared from that. So that hurricane did not hurt him or his business because he stopped at Port Arthur. And of course, his brownies told him exactly where to build Port Arthur. He turned to someone and pointed out north of the shore of the lake, four miles away, and said, there's the future terminal of our road, and here will be the docks, and he pointed, you know, to another area, and that's exactly where everything was eventually built, and Stillwell did pay about $7 an acre for the land, and as if by magic, the town began to grow and expand, and of course, we know now it is still around, so obviously, he did something right, and only his very close-knit circle of friends knew about his abilities, but he was actually considered to have had the greatest psychic experiences known to man, according to a June 15th, 1922 New York Times article about his gift and about his brownies. He also accredited the brownies in his ability to make several novels and songs and music pieces. He stated, you know, his engineering plans that he put in effect have come from engineers who have been long dead his poems came from poets themselves and his music that he wrote came from musicians so it wasn't him it was his brownies or his spirits and he said that those spirits chose him because for some reason he was easier to communicate through than other people so they they chose him because they liked him they said you know what you're a little bit easier to talk to so we're going to talk to you we're going to get our you know unfinished music and engineering plans and novels out through you and like I said again eventually he did revert back to saying it wasn't so much spirits as it was just hunches and I don't know whether it was spirits or if it was just hunches or just really good guesses but I'm just saying there is something there you know if we call it intuition call it brownies call it whatever you want there was definitely something that was helping him to be so successful But, I mean, as always, there are always going to be some setbacks, including some lawsuits, you know, hurricanes, yellow fever, which we said was running rampant in the area. And it just caused a lot of financial problems on an otherwise successful venture. So, although he had his brownies, he did have still some setbacks. So, that's when he decided to move back to New York. And that's where he started spending his time writing those books and plays and poems and other things. So, you know, his business had kind of run out. It wasn't so much that, you know, it was any bad decisions, but it was just a lot of different setbacks. Like I said, those hurricanes, especially the yellow fever, and it just caused a little bit of financial problems for him. So he was out like he just was done. But the discovery of the giant oil field in Texas in 1901 did ensure the railroad's future. So even though he was running into some financial issues because of all these setbacks, 
he is still like cemented in this area because, like I said, the oil was discovered. We and we know of Boomtown, Spindletop here in this area. So because of the enormous amounts of oil that was found in this area, Port Arthur, as well as his railroad, remained successful. You know, I mean, if you've been in this area, you live in this area, you know how big of a deal that that oil in that railroad has been. And Port Arthur itself, like those ports that we have, Port Arthur, Port Beaumont, you know, that's where we get our biggest money from. So even though... He kind of ran into some issues and he just decided, I'm going to go back to New York and I'm done. That didn't mean that was the end of those areas. I, that, I mean, they're still pretty good areas. They're still thriving. We're still getting that money. I mean, we're not drilling for oil as much as we used to be because, you know, we're kind of tapping out. But his name is still here. Port Arthur is still alive. So, again, his brownies were apparently doing something right because his name is forever cemented in this area. Now, unfortunately, on September 26, 1928, at the age of 68, Arthur Stilwell did pass away due to apoplexy. And apoplexy is a rupture of an internal organ and the accompanying symptoms. The term formally referred to what is now called a stroke. So from the late 14th to the late 19th century, they actually referred to a, any sudden death that began with a sudden loss of consciousness, especially one in which the victim died within a matter of seconds after losing consciousness as apoplexy. So Arthur dies and his distraught wife, Jenny, committed suicide by jumping out of the window of their New York apartment 13 days later. So she was absolutely just devastated by this news into where she decided she just could not live anymore without him. These Stillwells were said to have left an estate of only $1,000. So this man who has, you know, more than 40 cities that he founded and 2,300 miles of railroad only had about $1,000 left of their estate because of the different setbacks and different things that would come up that he just, he did not, his brownies didn't tell him about. So the couple was cremated and their remains have never been located. So that's kind of one of those mysteries of where are they? What happened to them? And we'll never really know. But it's just kind of an interesting that, you know, his brownies and his spirits told him all these different things. But yet they didn't really seem to tell him about everything. Like they told him certain things like how to build certain things, how to write certain things, where or where not to go. But they never exactly told him, hey this setback's going to go, or, hey, that setback's going to happen, or, you know, yellow fever is going to run rampant in this area. So I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if it was hunches or intuition that led him or if it really were spirits that were communicating through him. But something was working for quite a while for this man. And unfortunately, in the end, they could not save him and they could not tell him what was going to happen, or maybe they did. Maybe they told him how he was going to pass away, and he just kept it to himself. I mean, we're not too sure. The only things that we have are his books and what he talks about in his many books. And that's just one of the things that, so far, that I could find have not been told. He just tells of all his, you know, his adventures and all his business happenings and his brownies. So was this man a true psychic, or was he kind of like one of those TV psychics that supposedly are speaking to the dead and are giving us the things we want to hear 
I mean, I'm not too sure, but something was working for this man. And that's where we're going to have to leave it. There's nothing really concrete, but there's nothing that disproves it either. But as always, if you can only do one thing, be like Mr. Arthur and always remember to listen closely.